Hi everybody and welcome to the What Makes You Tick podcast. This is episode number 10 and my guest today is entrepreneur and former professional rugby player, good friend, Shane Monahan. Welcome to the What Makes You Tick podcast. My name is Stephen Bradshaw and each episode we talk to people and find out what motivates them, what drives them, inspires them and what makes them tick. I want to help you gather nuggets of information to use in your lives in the hope that these conversations help you realize what makes you tick. I'm delighted to welcome my next guest to the podcast. Shane Monaghan is an entrepreneur and is leading and trailblazing the way in social audio. Shane has set up this business called Lemur, and Lemur is a social audio platform where people can get to share their stories through audio to all their friends and followers. It's a great business. It's really, really inspiring to see an Irish man doing so well on a global stage. Shane is also a former professional rugby player and has played rugby with Gloucester, uh, Munster, Connacht, Leinster. He's been all over the place when it comes to rugby to try follow his dream. Today we talk about Shane's transition from rugby to professionalism, but also the, the tools that uh, rugby gave him to set the foundation for the rest of his life. We also talk about his uh, thought process when it comes to social audio and creating his new platform called Lemur. And we get to delve into the mind of what motivates Shane, what inspires him and what makes him tick across a number of different facets of his life. This conversation is really exciting. We go all over the place and we use Lemur to actually record the social audio for this podcast. So without further ado, folks, I hope you enjoy it and please welcome Shane Monaghan. Hi, everybody. Thanks a million for joining uh, me on the What Makes You Tick podcast. <clears throat> Today's guest is um, a very good friend of mine and somebody who I admire from not only from his uh, professional rugby playing days, but also now the fact that he's transitioned into becoming uh, an entrepreneur and is one of those guys in Ireland now who's leading the way in terms of technology and trying to find new ways for us to interact with one, on, one another. Um, his name is Shane Monaghan. Shane, thank you very much for, for taking the time and joining me on What Makes You Tick. Uh, listen, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. I've been waiting for weeks and weeks uh, for this day to come, and it's finally arrived. So, no, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. Um, so, I suppose the the good thing about this is that um, myself and Shane have kind of known each other for a number of years, and without getting into it, um, we kind of touched on a bit of detail in Shane's... Uh, he, he, Shane has his own podcast called Mano y Mano, which... I think everybody should check out where he speaks to different people in all walks of life and and talks to them about their their various successes. Um, but Shane kindly had me on his um, Manu a Mano podcast, but also um, he share, showcases this podcast on his social audio platform called Lemur. And Lemur is really the kind of the reason I want to talk to Shane because I'm very very intrigued with the technology, but also the kind of the future focus that he has when it comes to the next level of social, the next level of us to interact with one another. And we're only tipping the iceberg, as he's told me numerous of times. So Shane is the entrepreneur, he's the founder, and he's got a good team behind him. And he's really, really pushing this. And I think it's brilliant to see a guy from Ireland who is traveling all over the world, who's connecting with people all over the world, telling his story. And I believe that we're only going to see great things from Shane. So Really, really happy to have you on board, Shane. And I suppose to start off, it would be really good to talk to me about 
you've been, you've been a professional rugby player, and I think that's been pretty well documented in in various talks. And I, I what I would love to to hear is your transition from professional rugby player, where you have everything kind of laid out for you on a daily basis between nutrition, training, playing, fitness, physio, all that stuff, through to then finding the opportunity that you've created with social audio and lemur and what the i suppose what makes you take what has been the motivating factor behind that and what has been the reason you have done it and how tough has it been so there's a few things in there we'll get to it as we go along but it'd be lovely to get a bit of background to your transition from the professional game into now uh, becoming an entrepreneur you might have to do two or three episodes uh, to cover it all. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. Listen, season yeah. season one is season one is going strong. Let's see, let's see how we go. Okay, shame on it. Part one. So, um, it's yeah, it's it was a strange one. It's it's not strange. It was quite organic. Um, my transition from rugby to what I'm doing now with Lemur. Um, it didn't just happen overnight, like nothing happens overnight, uh, unless you win the lotto really, but um, it came out of ha- coming up with an idea when I was still in the middle, at the, the height of my rugby career at the time, um, which was my last season in Gloucester in, in the year uh, 2014, and um, I suppose uh, working so hard, we discussed this in my podcast Mono Mono with you last week, and just um, with, with professional rugby, my goal from the age of 12 years of age was to be a professional rugby player. And my whole life, everything I did was focused on that one goal. And I often say I was very lucky that I had a goal to focus on from such a young age because it made my decisions easier. And and I, I often feel and see a lot of difficulties younger people have or people, you know, um, stress and that because they don't know what they want to do or what they want to be. And in today's modern world, there's almost too much choice. It's like when you go into that sweet shop and there's thousands of bars, you're like, oh, Jesus, what do I pick? And you go in and there's Snickers and Mars. It's an easier decision to make, you know? So I, Which I, one would uh, you pick? Oh, I, Snickers. I'd be a Snickers man. So, um, so uh, grab some nuts. But uh, I, I had that vision and focus and you know we, we're not talking about today, that today but you know that it's not an easy easy life path to take uh, professional rugby ups and downs and all that carry on well um, well sorry just, let's let's actually touch on it though okay let's let's touch on it because that would have helped form the type of person and, and business person that you are so like let's 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 actually delve into the into that part of it and give give listeners a bit of a background on that and then we can move on to the to the business side Okay, um, so with that, with the with the goal, you know, the Mount Everest goal for me was ultimately I wanted to play for Ireland, you know, and it was kind of like as a kid, how do I get there? You know, I came through the youth system in Ireland, so I wasn't, and this is, you know, before the uber professionalism that Irish rugby is at now, um, if you were playing for Ireland or Leinster, 9 out of 10 guys, you know, 9.5, out of 10 guys, you had to be in, in a school system. You know, it was very rare for, for club players to break through. So I, I knew I'd be coming in, in through the back door. But I had one thing, um, which is just ultimate belief in myself. 
and never ever wavered no matter whatever happens um with setbacks or knockbacks i never once thought i wasn't good enough and so that is a very very important thing and that's not listen that that's just me that came naturally to me in my um my my own self and that was across all sports um anything not anything i played i was terrible at golf (laughs) (laughs) tennis you know but i was good at uh, soccer and good at Gaelic football and good at rugby and um, it's just because I played it for so long and I got it just builds your confidence over the years and, 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 and all that kind of thing so I had that um, and ultimately I did very well the whole way through the underage system because any goal or any stage of the way I achieved the goal it was a tick the box and the tick the box was right you need to get into Leinster um, North Leinster uh, squad then you get into the Leinster youth squad then you make the Ireland 18 squad then you make the 19s Leinster 19s Ireland 20s Leinster 20s Ireland academy bang 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 it's laid out for you and that's and luckily I did all that um, but then you hit senior ranks and that all, that all changes um, and uh, that's where I suppose the the first bit of frustration would sit in because you're kind of like I know I'm good enough I just need my opportunity and opportunity doesn't always arise you know and that's that's one of the really really difficult things within the world of um, professional sport is opportunities are limited and when you do get an opportunity you might only get once one um, in entrepreneurship and, and business there's way more opportunity um, and and uh, there's way more chances. Yeah. Um. So, but like you said, the work, the work, work ethic was a huge thing as well because I did have that in my head. This is right. If I want to achieve, right, I know I'm good enough. Um, the, from a playing perspective, but I have to be as fit as the guys in Dublin schools or yeah. any yeah. of that kind, yeah. that kind of thing, and trying to do your extras as much as yet you could. Like this is before YouTube or before any of that, and just you know, learning from your dad or your uncles and they give you tips and like I didn't touch a weight until I was like 16 or 17 maybe. It was the first time I even touched a, a, a dumbbell. Sure, back in um, the day it was told if you touched weights you wouldn't grow. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You really said, oh, why do you want to touch weights, you know? Mm. So, um, to wait till you develop type of thing, yeah. Yeah, and all that and there's, like it's very interesting so you'd you know Big Dave Fagan. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I had I got uh, it. I'll get. I'll edit this piece out, will I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now, big day. Like I had him on on mono and mono uh, maybe last year at some stage, and it was the first time I'd seen Dave in years. And it was interesting. He did say, "Listen, Chano, your group of academy lads, sub academy, you were the guinea pigs, you know, for the modern professional era that we see now, and they're reaping the rewards of that." Yeah. He said. We just absolutely hammered you. We threw everything at you to try and figure out what is the right thing to do. And a lot of there's a lot of bodies as a result of that in terms of injuries and yeah. all that because it wasn't yeah. an exact science. But at the same time, that whole period for me uh, forged my mental strength, and um, I've taken that with me into the um, modern on version of me in terms of entrepreneurship. But it was you worked your bloody ass off. And uh, if you didn't work hard enough, there was someone else there to take your place. Yeah. And it was just as simple as that. Yeah. Um, 
but then you know as I said the frustration that word frustration and opportunity um, once you hit a certain level and everyone is as good as you and is working as hard as you it comes down to opportunity and um, uh, you know it, it doesn't matter if you work harder than everyone else in the room sometimes you don't get that opportunity and, and it's just having the mental strength to deal with that as well you know having dealing with those the negative sides of it and, and saying says, you know what's what's the point you know if, if I'm doing everything that I know I'm good enough I'm doing everything I can possibly do off the park if I don't get on the field and I'm not doing what I love uh, what's the point kind of thing and that's easier to handle when you're you know in your late teens early 20s and uh, because you've lots of time you know he says I will get my opportunity but for me what ultimately um was a big reason why I retired and finished was I had gone through all that a few times, you know, waiting for the opportunity, getting it, taking it, setbacks with injuries, uh, change of management, whatever. And through, through the jigs and the reels, I went from Leinster to Connacht to England and ultimately re- rebooted my whole career again in England um, and got finally got where I wanted to be in my professional rugby career in Gloucester and absolutely loved it there. And then, unfortunately, a change of management put me right back where I started essentially when I was let go from Connacht I was in the exact same position but instead of being 23 I was now 28 and age in professional sport does make a difference whether it's you are physically makes it, it doesn't matter it's perception always older are we investing money and another two years in a 28 year old or money in another two years in a 23 24 year old and um, that was a very difficult uh, period of time for me to deal with as well but again um, you don't learn as much from success you know you learn a lot more from failure and setbacks and um that last year was a very difficult year for me um what what was what was the most difficult part of that year um again that word frustration and the new coach see ultimately i had you're always trying to prove yourself you know prove you're good enough it doesn't matter if I think I'm good enough. Like It's like those guys that go on the X Factor. You know, My mother thinks I'm brilliant and I think I'm class. But they get up there and they're useless. Yeah. You have to prove it to the world as well. And um, I had done that. I, well, I had, done, I had only started doing that, really, for me. Because I only really had one, one full season at the top level where I was completely fit and was proven it. And I was... And I was going on a, a very, very good tra- trajectory of where I wanted to be. And like anything, it's like your podcast, you know, if you do it for four weeks, oh, geez, this is going great. And then you stop. And then you try to restart it again six months later. You've lost that momentum, yeah, but, you know, out, yeah. of sight, out of sight, out of mind. And it's all about momentum in professional sport. And I was building real, real momentum. And then, unfortunately, as I said, at the end of the, I I learned the respect I feel of my teammates and most certainly the coaching staff because they rewarded me with a, a a contract renewal, which was the first ever two year contract I ever had in my career, which which you know was a massive thing. Great sign, yeah. You know, because uh, usually I was year to year and rugby season. Once you hit Christmas on a year contract, the stress kicks in. Yeah. And am I getting the contract? Am I getting let go? what am I negotiating for, all that carry on. So to have that was huge. And obviously there was the setback of the whole, um, that first breakthrough season was amazing. And then the following pre-season, 
build the momentum. I had that heat stroke incident, which set me back. Uh, what was that? You know, another six months or so. But um, the did I not? Uh, I in so pre-season um, the second year, the follow-on from that breakthrough year I had, I just signed my two-year contract. I said, right, time to go, and uh, we we ended up doing pre-season. Um, we did this thing called Front Up Friday. And, and Stephen, you know how hard pre-seasons are in rugby. Mm. And the first four weeks in particular. And um, we, we, we are, our strength and conditioning coach at the time was an absolute legend, Paddy Anson, ex-Royal Marine, and thought we had lost away games by maybe one or two points. And he thought maybe it's just lack of concentration or something, so we need to be stronger mentally on away trips, right? So he came up with this thing called Front Up Friday where we'd arrive on the Friday at four o'clock in the morning outside King's Home and get on the bus and we weren't told where we were going or what we were doing, you know? So he says, no lads, just front up and, and do the work, whatever's put in front of you. And it turns out we were training with the SAS. Jeez. So, um, yeah, so, I know, listen, if I didn't, the other thing with me, if I didn't go into the rugby side of things, I wanted to go into the army side of things, you know, I was going to join the Irish cadets. Um, and, uh, Ultimately, the rugby happened, which was fantastic, which was what I wanted to do. And so I was like, great, SAS, I love history, and this is going to be brilliant. Maybe we'll shoot a few guns and throw a few flashbangs or something like that. <laughs> like Call of Duty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, I couldn't, couldn't be further from the truth. Um, all, so, so basically, the first week was tough, but it wasn't what we went up to. Um, I always forget the name of it. The SAS, home base, anyway. And uh, we, we ended up jumping into a wave pool in full kit and they turned the wave pool on and I'm a terrible swimmer so I was I swallowed half the pool that day. Wow. Me and like James Simpson Daniel beside me. And yeah, so we were there in the wave <laughs> pool anyway and, and I, I, I was bad enough. I'm, I'm six foot two and then I've got James Simpson Daniel beside me who's I don't know what James is maybe five ten. <laughs> and we were literally bouncing bouncing off the going to the floor of the pool and bouncing back up. You know, oh yeah, I've seen I've seen it on uh, on one of the Discovery channels when they do that type of stuff. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible! And then they, they give you weapons and you have the guns and you have to, to pass the guns around in the pool and we were in there for about 30, 40 minutes with the waves and oh, yeah, well it wasn't nice. But anyway, we did that and then we we did, we did a bit of jumping in the pool on the two story thing, which was which was frightening, but it was it was good fun and, and you know it's because it was so high. It splits your pants when you hit the water, you know. Oh wow! And it's, it, it is it is quite dangerous as well because if you fall forward, you can break your neck because it's so high. But um, we did that and that was fine. And what was really cool about that is we got to go into the mess, which is only you know military staff, government, royal family usually get to go in there. Like you see Saddam Hussein's gold and AK forty seven and oh, wow. loads of weapons captured during off Nazis during World War Two and all this kind of stuff. The history of the the, the SES. So that was amazing um, but then was the following week <laughs> which was ultimately we arrived at King's Home again at 4 in the morning and we're on the bus I don't know how many hours it was about 4 or 5 hours up to Yorkshire and uh, <laughs> we signed these forms you know so, what we signed in here so, oh, don't worry about it just sign it ultimately they're you know uh, non-claim forms or whatever but uh, <laughs> we arrived we arrived in, and uh, long story short, the powers, the power troopers were taking us for the day, and it was one of the hottest days of the year that year. Uh, so this is what year was this? It was twenty thirteen? 
I think, 2013-2014, something like that. I think it was 13-14 season. And uh, ultimately, the powers, we go in and they give us a little history lesson about the paratroopers and who they are. And obviously, we've mixed feelings in this country about the, the powers, you know. Oh, <laughs> you know, 100%. Pretty, yeah, so the, the World War Two stuff is amazing. The, the later stuff is, is not so great. But, yeah. Uh, but anyway, we were we were in there, and they gave us a, an intro and a little thing about what we were going to be doing during the day. And there was a picture of the lads, you know, the logs, yeah. carrying the logs. Yeah. And there was this guy splayed out on the ground in the front corner of the picture, and I started laughing because I said, like, that's a setup picture. There's no way that's real because it was just too perfect. You know, your man is just splayed out, and little did I know that would be me, thirty minutes or forty minutes later. Um, because we went out and we had the helmets on and the, the, the flak jackets and all that kind of thing and roasting hot day and straight into it the, we did this warm up running around in the circle doing burpees and press ups and all this carry on and that was just a warm up and it was rotten and uh, then essentially what we had to do for the day was um, they had this metal stretcher which was like 90 kgs weight to simulate a, a, a body on a stretcher you know in war zone and they'd have four lads on the stretcher. And when you're on the stretcher, you have to sprint as fast as you could. Okay. Until, on, on, and the guy, your rest was basically two lines running behind it. Okay. And that was your rest. But you had to keep up with the stretcher, you see. Okay. And they were sprinting. <laughs> Jesus. So, and they had a little uh, ambulance jeep behind you. And if you fell out, you went in the pussy wagon or whatever. It's called. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're meant to be weak, you know? You can't be saying that these days. <laughs> Go on. So this toys and I said that's one thing I did have was I was very mentally strong, um, and I'm saying there's not a fucking chance I'm going in that ambulance. You know, no matter what happens. Yeah. And uh, when we were doing this thing, and the coaches started, right? <laughs> you like Nigel Davies and a few of the lads standing that they were in there. And they lasted about five minutes straight into the ambulance. You know what I mean? <laughs> they were gone. <laughs> so, and that, and that was fine. And because it's pre-season and everything, you know, one mentally individually said, I'm not going in there. But you're, you're proving a point in your competition with the other lads in your position and everything like that. So, and that is, it is what it is. It's just the nature of the, the beast of, of professional sport and competition. So, you have all that on you as well. But anyway, we were running around this, this bloody assault court. It was like a hills. Yeah. Or these hills. Do you know this summer when it's dry dust and they're full of stones? Yeah, and yeah. All and all shit. the dust getting into your back of your throat and everything, yeah. All, all that shit. And and anyway, we were doing it. And when you're on the 14s, you'd be sprinting. And these little paratroopers were five foot nothing roaring in your ear, you know. And uh, and then you go change and you go. But the problem was, yeah, it's very tiring. Mm. <laughs> We're after doing a four or five hour bus journey, you're already dehydrated. And I started going on the open because I was getting so, excuse my French, fucked and tired. Um, I was like, if I fall to the back of the line, I'm going to drop off and I won't be able to keep up. Yeah. So I'll slip in near the front of the line, in the recovery line, so I don't drop off. But the problem was, I'd less rest. Yeah. And ultimately, it was stupid because I ended up going on way more than I should have. Oh, no. And. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can see where this is going. And uh, it got to the stage. You know, they are fuckers as well, the powers, because they'd be like, just get to the jeep. 
get to the jeep, you know? And we're like, oh, we just have to get to the jeep, and we're done. And it's like, you get to the jeep, and we're like, just get to the hill, just get to the hill. <laughs> <laughs> and this kept going, you know, all this mental games. And uh, it got to the stage where I genuinely, do you know that voice in your head, the monkey mind, where there's someone talking to you to stop? The chimp paradox, like, yeah. The chimp paradox kicked in massively. And, you know, that's the thing about mental strength is being able to ignore it or tell it no. Yeah. And I was telling it to fuck off. It's like, no, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. I was literally talking to myself out loud. I was having a conversation with myself. And uh, then I got to the stage where it's like your, your ears are blocked with water, where I couldn't hear properly. And chopper like, chopper and ears is what I call them. Like, it's just like you're all yeah. you, it's, you can only hear your heartbeat. Yeah, and uh, it was like that scene in Saving Private Ryan when he's on the beach and the grenade goes off, you know? And pe- people are shouting at him and you can't really hear what they're saying. And there was the, yeah, that's what it was like. like and I was kind of like, the paratrooper lad was there, well, get off the fucking thing, because they were saying change and I was ignoring them because I couldn't hear them properly. And I was like, what's his fucking name? What's his fucking name? And, was, and they're like, Shane, said, Shane, get off the fucking thing. And uh, eventually, um, I got off it, and I have no memory of it, but I, I passed out, and uh, apparently I went head first into this big fucking thorn bush, <laughs> and I, I woke up then, there's a picture, I'd love to get it, uh, but there is a picture of me actually walking with my arm over someone's shoulder to the ambulance, I have no recollection of yeah. it whatsoever, it was a full blackout, and I woke up in the military hospital in massive, massive pain, because uh, I was... I was in the middle of heat stroke. Um, I was hallucinating, didn't know who I was, where I was, what I was. Imagine an all-body cramp, simultaneous, worst cramp you've ever got in your hamstring, all over your body at the same time. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It was shocking. And, uh, and my body temperature was about 42 degrees at that stage. So that's the organ damage, organ failure and brain damage levels. And... I'm very lucky. I spoke to an SAS guy a few years after it happened who actually, his job was looking after guys who had that heat stroke level that I did. And he said, you're maybe of the the 10% that survive. 90% of people don't survive that. And uh, so I was very, very lucky. But off the back of that, you you throw this into the mix of, all I want to do is play rugby. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that then, I was back, I was back playing pre-season game against Toulon three weeks later and again this just comes from lack of education I didn't know people involved didn't know the, the severity of it because unless your arm's hanging off in rugby mm. you can play I was just a bit fatigued or so I thought but uh, my whole my whole um, nervous system was shot, shot and as a result in that game against Toulon um, my shoulder essentially fell out of the socket Um and uh, you know, dislocated my shoulder, and not from a tackle, and literally just a bear hug. I bear hugged a guy in a restart, and I threw him on the ground. And as I threw him, my sh- shoulder socket, the ball just fell out. Um, because my nervous system wasn't working properly, yeah, it couldn't yeah, couldn't react. Couldn't, yeah, yeah, and um, so I had that. Ultimately, it was relief. It was one of the uh, worst and best moments in my whole rugby career because we're playing Toulon who at that stage were the Harlem Globetrotters of European rugby in a preseason game and Johnny Wilkinson they played their full team like they didn't hold anyone back it was like a, a, a you know a game 
full stadium and I was at the side of the pitch on the Toulon pitch and in agony and the doctor came in and he popped it back in thankfully straight away and I walked around the edge of the pitch the whole way and I got a standing ovation from from the whole crowd. Amazing. It was incredible. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like fucking Maximus and Gladiator. <laughs> But it's what I, what I kind of what I kind of like to kind of touch on now is like, so the mental approach that you had going into rugby, and in order to to play pro rugby, you were willing to sacrifice everything, even your health, right? And which is obviously it's is true in the SAS training and and what happened there. So, like that commitment that you had for rugby and like. Playing in Gloucester, you got to experience incredible um, highs and obviously interesting lows as well. The challenge you and, and then popping your shoulder just at a time when you probably didn't need to pop your shoulder when it came to your career yeah. and, and how things were, were, were motoring. But then the fact of the matter is, is that you're now in, a, in an industry where you don't necessarily have to worry about your physical health in terms of like running yourself into the ground in terms of physically but mentally you could potentially follow that path if you don't learn from it because as an entrepreneur and as a leader and as a owner of the business and all that there's a lot at stake in terms of for it to succeed you have to work tirelessly to do it right so for me is that transition have you learned from the desire to be a pro and giving it everything to now the opportunity to be um, successful in business, which you are, but even to, to grow that even more, have you have you taken learnings from what happened to you in rugby now to what's going on in your in your business and in your your kind of professional life now, your new your new your new life? Massively, um, I think I love using metaphors and analogies, and quite ironically, running a, an audio platform, I'm a very visual person, you know. <laughs> but um, well, using your imagination, rugby gave me all the the tools and the um, ingredients, let's say. But I'm still learning how to cook. You know, I'm still learning what's the right amount of everything, and um, I've learned a hell of a lot of of skills and um, uh, you know attributes during the last four or five years since I've left, left rugby you know the, the, the foundational things I think for business it, you know it's the rules don't change and, and those foundation those ingredients if you don't have those tools to begin with you're not going to succeed end of and so if you, were to, if you were to call out the kind of the top five tools that you got from rugby that you've brought into business what would you say there one well in regards to being an entrepreneur and having a product like Neymar one is that belief I was telling you about yeah. you know that belief of me I know I'm good enough to play international rugby or professional rugby I know this product is a fantastic product and I know it will work and and I know the market is there okay I know there's a desire all that that belief is there yeah um, the other one then is um, the work rate you know the most basic Thing, you know it, it's like common sense it's not that common yeah. you know hard work it's it's it sounds so simple but it's not you know um you know and hard work is for for me like with, with lemur i'm literally on 24 7 24 7 
it doesn't mean I'm like on the computer 24-7, but constantly I'm thinking about Neymar. Every conversation I have, sometimes I need to stop myself from talking to people about Neymar because not everyone cares as much as I do or wants yeah. to talk about as much as I do. Um, but if I need to get on the phone at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'll get on the phone at 3 o'clock in the morning. If I need to drive to meet someone in Dublin uh, at an hour's notice, yeah. I'll drive in an hour's notice. And it, it's that's it. It's not. I don't look at it as work. Yeah. You know, other people, oh, you're working so hard and stuff. Yeah, I am. But I don't look at it that way. So you say it's, belief, belief, then work rate, and yes, would they be your um, they be your top things? Would they be your kind of the um, main the main two? And, and, and another thing, yeah, and another thing, um, which which is a skill set, most definitely. Um, which I take from rugby, uh, it's it, they work different than the other ones, but rugby are coming from a team environment, you know, um, more so than a huge amount of sports, rugby in particular. Like, I was a winger, if I didn't have a good 10, I don't score, and you go and 13, you know, it's it's your you're a cog in a, in a massive wheel. Business is the same, especially in entrepreneurship, you have to have a very good team of people around you in order to succeed and because of the nature of my role as the founder of a company I'm like a head coach now I'm recruiting my star players or people that can help me to win and succeed and I've been able to identify people with those skill sets of belief hard work ethic um, trust is a big huge one as well mm-hmm. can I trust that person to do what they say they can do, mm-hmm. you know, and that's one of the skill sets I think uh, I've learned over the last four or five years. Unfortunately, in the the bigger, wider world, where you get it, like you get it in rugby as well, it's it's a cultural business, and sometimes your your trust, being overly trust trusting of people, can be your downfall at, at times, um, um, or loyalty can be can can unfortunately kick you in the ass as much as it's an amazing trait to have. And uh, being able to trust uh, people you work with and potential business partners and all that kind of so I, I'm kind of conscious I've been I, my, my goal kind of today and in this this conversation was to kind of help bring people on this journey and to where where you are now and we've touched on this and mentioned it a couple of times in terms of lemur but we haven't really explained what lemur is um so <laughs> Why that's, what, that's what you said. Part one, part two. Yeah, true. Yeah, and and you know what? It's 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 all. Listen, it's all it's all it's all good. Um, but why don't you give people a bit of a kind of like a background to Lemur, how you came up with the idea, and then what I suppose where it's going now, and like just summarize it because like listen, beauty about podcasts, we can always delve into it even more and deeper in the future. You know. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 exactly. That's why I didn't want to open that rabbit hole or Pandora's box in the rugby side of stuff. Um, but it does. Like, if it wasn't for that, I would be be where I am now. And ultimately, I came up with the idea for Lemur in that last season in Gloucester when I was going through that um, difficult period. And I, I flew home to spend time with the family at Christmas, which is was twenty four, forty eight hours something. Um, forty eight hours, and I was having a chat with my dad. Uh, my dad, I'm from uh, Drogheda, uh, just outside Drogheda, and uh, dad is in a voluntary group here in the town, and he asked the question, Shane, we do all this great work, and uh, again, that word frustration, I'm frustrated that no one is hearing about it, is there anything we can do? And I said, yes, there is that, you can make a podcast, and this is in 2014, December 2014, remember, so he said, 
what's a podcast? So I, I answered the question, I showed him some examples, and he said, Shane, that looks amazing. How do I do it? And I said, well, Dad, if you want to do it right, you're going to need headphones, microphone, a recording device, a laptop or a desktop, editing software, learn how to edit, learn how to publish, set up a website, set up your social media accounts. And he goes, Shane, just stop you there. Too much information, not interested. So he went from amazing idea to not interested in literally seconds. And that's when I came up with the idea for Lemur. I said, well, imagine there was an app for someone like my dad or anyone who wanted to record audio, their voice, or a full podcast and share with the world. All they need to do is open up the app, say what they want to say, hit share, and they're done. So it removes those barriers to entry. And the term less is more came to mind. And that's where the name Lemur comes from, L-I-M-O-R, or less is, Lemur, less is more. So... I took this idea back with me to UK and um, I have a degree in product design as well, which I got while I was in the Leinster Academy in DIT. And I started investigating the world of podcasting, the world of voice activated technology, all this kind of stuff. And I said, wow, there's something happening here. And um, it took about another year. I was finished off my rugby, my career ultimately retired. And... Um, I had a small spate in MMA, as you know, about six months, which was another another testing uh, thing for the mental strength. Uh, that's that's a story for another day. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, but it was it was the week of my fight that the prototype of Lemur was ready, and I still was on the fence whether I fully hang up the boots, and that made the decision for me. I said, right, I'm retiring from rugby, and I'm putting all that focus and belief and effort I had from rugby into Lemur. And I'm here five years later talking to you about the product. And um, to, 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 to summarize it very, very quickly. So the ultimate vision of Lemur, what YouTube did for video and Instagram did for images, Lemur does for voice. Say that again now. So, you broke up slightly there. So what YouTube did for video and Instagram did for images, Lemur does for voice. So, you know, great, great design comes from solving problems and Lemur solves three major problems first major problem is the one I touched on there with my dad barrier to entry for most people they love the idea of starting a podcast or creating uh, audio but when they actually investigate or attempt it it's a shitload of work mm-hmm. shitload of time mm-hmm. and there's money as well so staying power just people modern lives don't have that so it stops them from getting involved in the first place we solve that problem instantly because it's so easy. All you need is your phone and Lemur. That's it. Um, the second problem we solve, which is, is, is huge for like businesses and influencers and all that side of stuff in particular, and sponsors and marketeers, is the metrics and the analytics. Because uh, analytics from podcasting is very, very poor. And that just comes from the nature of the way they're uh, distributed um, on so many different platforms. Uh, you fragment your audience and you lose the detail. Mm-hmm. We solve that problem as well because it's centralized yeah. in the same way that Instagram or Twitter is, which is huge uh, to know your audience. And then the third one, which which is the one that I'm most excited about, what's so unique about Lemur, is we solve a problem that podcasters don't even realize they have yet, which is interaction. Mm-hmm. So a podcast is a monologue. I talk, you listen, end off. Um where Lemur is not, it's a conversation. I speak, you can reply to me via voice comments, I can reply to you, then 
someone else can join that conversation and so on and so forth. It's social audio. And that's what Lemur at its at its core is all about. And then um, as we evolve, and you, you touched on earlier on, my vision, I'm not building Lemur for now, I'm building Lemur for two, three years from now, where the market is going, where technology is going, um, where the demands of people are going in terms of what they want from social. And, and this whole situation we're going through now is actually ironically bringing people closer together when they're far apart, you know? So um, that's I, what Lemur provides. I think, I think, do you know what's, what's brilliant as well? Uh, like, so I've, I've used Lemur now and um, like I'm quite um, engaged with it. And like, you know, at some weeks I'm more so than others, but I put all the podcasts on, on Lemur and we're recording this podcast and the last podcast specifically through my phone, which is brilliant because it's actually using exactly what you're saying. And at literally, literally at the touch of a button after this, I can post it. Um, so like as you're evolving and as you're learning and as you're, as you're growing with the, with the technology, you're also, also seeing more opportunities, which I think is, is, is brilliant. But during now times where social distancing, Corona's kicking the stuffing out of people, um, and having all the, like having all the, the headphones and microphones and all that stuff is actually it is that barrier whereas now we can literally just do it we're doing a, a video call and we're recording through the phone and it's seamless to be fair now like it, it is like so it's i think you've 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 touched on something i think is really really interesting because you've you've we in marketing we always look for that need what's the need that we're trying to fill for people what how are we trying to make their lives better when it comes to all the brands that we look after and so many brands tell people what they should do instead of turning around and saying here this and this is how i can help you in your life and i think what you've found with lemur is actually helping people massively and not only that then the advocacy that you've created like the profiles and the people that are jumping on it like michael bisbing one of the most famous people in sport regardless of being mma or not is on it like you've got all these incredible jamie carragher from liverpool is on it You've got these people who are buying into the fact that social is social audio is so so important, and people are going to follow. You know. Yeah, like it's 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 very exciting. So those stats, you see, the thing is, I've been on my soapbox for the last four or five years, telling people, I'm telling you, it's voice. Voice is the future. Podcast and get involved, and people are like looking at me as if I've two heads. I'm like, what are you on about? And but now. You know, I just say, listen, don't listen to me. Just look at the stats. Stats don't lie, you know? And, you know, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. And the thing is, and in the business side of things, what's, what's very difficult uh, at times for me, obviously, to make something like Beamer happen, you need money. Yeah. And you need investment. Yeah. And I've been raising uh, money uh, since I started, since day one, to, to get to the stage where I'm at now. And you're trying to sell that dream and, and sell that vision. And some people, the, the best investors, and the, 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 we have a few of them. Some of them are unbelievable people who are involved, you know, uh, since since day one, and people who came on further down the journey. Um, they believe and are, you know, you know, Graham Began is. There. I need to give him a big shout out as well because he's been in the trenches with me nonstop for the last almost two years now. John Keane as well at the start. Uh, Colin Gibson, these kind of guys, uh, they believe in it as much as I do. And the, these guys are big hitters as well. Like these guys have had the experience as well in their own right, right? Oh yeah, massively. Graham in particular, like he's he's 
playing at a very very high level like he's he's you know he's 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 on the board of, of companies such as HR Owen which do over a billion turnover of supercars a year you know um, on the board of like the Cardiff City Football Club as well and he's a chartered accountant you know his risk was his expertise you know numbers stats yeah. and he's looking at the potential projections and if you hit targets and he's he's uh, you know he he looks at that and he looks his belief his heart and his head both both are on the same page for Lima which is great for me but um, like those statistics just to give you an example because it's so new because voice is so new the, the, like when I started it's very hard to get concrete statistics on podcasting because it was so small and, and that but it's getting more and more as the market grows but like podcast for marketeers like you're in marketing and the return on investment for voice is just phenomenal and this is why people are getting involved in podcasts and all that as well as the opportunity and people enjoy it as well like my point I'm trying to get to in investors is like how does it make money you know it's a good idea and it's your belief and it's your vision and you love it and all that but how does it make money you know so um it's, it's showing them the opportunity to make, because you have to have an opportunity in the first place. There needs to be an opportunity to make money, then how it makes money. And like some of the stats and, and how voice translates into 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 a return on investment, like podcast consumers are 179% more likely to consume than any other form of consumption media, which is just incredible. Um, and that a big reason for that is the nature of the beast. The nature of audio is like what we're doing now is more long form. So you get people's attention for longer. So video, for example, which dominates everything, the average attention span of a video is eight seconds. Eight to ten, if you're lucky. That's the average. Average for a podcast is 30 to 34 minutes. So no comparison. Yeah, yeah. And in those 30 to 34 minutes, you can build up a relationship with the person you're listening to because they get their passion, their emotion, context, you know, everything like that comes across. And you build a relationship with, person, with a person, you build up with a, fr- a friendship in your mind with that person. And what you do with your friends, you trust them. And if your friend suggested a product or suggested you do this or do something because you trust them, you're more likely to do it. So that's the big reason um, why voice is going away, it's where it's going. And then that's before you even start talking about voice commerce, you know? Yeah, like it, it, it is fascinating. I think what it is is that you're kind of trailblazing the way now in terms of leading it. And what happens is, people sometimes need more justification and now you've got it with all those people that have jumped on board and like i i find it very interesting because like the people that i'm engaging with i haven't a clue who they are all right no idea but they're they're engaging back they're sharing their own thoughts um they're they're like it's such a positive community which is actually brilliant as well like and that was one of the things that's come out of it for me is that people are willing to help whereas you go on certain platforms there's a load of negativity there's kind of those keyboard warriors and they're sitting behind themselves whereas this it's having an opinion but it's it's done quite um uh i suppose caringly or politely or whatever but everybody's opinion is respected you know which i think is brilliant um but is that is that something that you kind of have as a kind of an ethos or is that just something that's evolved naturally um, I, I like most definitely an ethos like if i meet someone on the street i, I like to be personally polite to them and um, yeah. I, I like having conversations as well yeah. but i think it's more um like ultimately like lemur 
I want Lemur to be as much uh, free speech, you know, there's that carries a lot of negative connotations when they're now they put up, put, but the place where people can go and speak, yeah. you know, and if you have an opinion and you're like, I have it, you know, yeah. Um, I can't think of that. What's that famous place in London where the preachers go and they speak and have their their their, their speeches? Uh, there's a place in London. I'll check it out. We'll put it in the in the notes after the podcast. But um, but I think I think like you said, when you hear someone's voice, it brings the humanity. Yeah. Back to it. Yeah, and Versus actually, you can hear their tone and how they're saying something, isn't it? Rather than actually a text where you read it in your own tone. Whereas, at least if you hear how they're yes. delivering it, you can understand and relate to them a little bit more. Exactly. You know, like it's it's a human being, and as you said, like if you are in a bad mood and you read a text message and there's capital letters in it, why are you shouting at me? Cap locks on by mistake. Yeah. example but that's what i like but it is very it is very positive and that's been an organic thing and we're very lucky with the, the users that have come on board and i think if it's already a positive environment and people using it are positive and quite polite and someone uses a mix and they're engaged in a positive way they're more likely to carry that on yeah you yeah no i do big so time I there's d- no exact science of, we've done very well and so listen, let, let's let's go back into kind of Shane then the, the person because I think you, we're getting a good insight into your driving force. You know, the kind of the, the, the rugby and the foundation that you've gotten in rugby has absolutely transferred into business, which is brilliant. But what are the things that then when you, like how do you step away from Lemur? Because you said there earlier on, it's part of your 24 7 right and obviously as an entrepreneur and i've seen it with my parents and 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 other people is that entrepreneurs rarely switch off or if you're creative you rarely switch off because you're always kind of all looking at an angle of how to do things but what's your switch off like how do you manage that mental health in terms of um making sure that you're you're always on point because i think it's important that there's a balance would be interesting to see what you're taking it is um i think i am switching off um, my escape I suppose is um, movies yeah like TV Netflix uh, I, I paint as well you know um, and on Netflix I see you laughing there we're going to be talking about a certain Netflix program before this podcast ends but um, painting uh, and that's another business you know and that's how I started listening to podcasts in the first place was back in 2012 um, I started painting portraits of the rugby lads and I started a little business uh, with that and I would listen to podcasts while I painted and that's how I fell in love with podcasts so there's, it's all linked you know yeah. your experience and everything yeah. is linked and, and funnily enough um, a guy I mentioned to you the other day the first podcast I started listening to regularly I was introduced to it by my brother was one called London Real which is a fella called Brian Rose who I have met uh, about Lemur He's all over the news today because he had David Icke on his podcast and uh, talking about Corona and the conspiracy theories behind it. And he's getting attacked by the BBC currently for promoting David Icke. But that's another conversation. It's fascinating that whole thing. But um, uh, like the switching off, that's it. Like 
but the thing is, is I switch off, but I don't switch off. Yeah, you kind of probably get yourself into because a flow state or whatever, and then you're kind of like, letting it be with your painting. Yeah, like a painting, very much so. You do because, but like when I'm watching TV, movies, get ideas from that. You know, because the beauty about Lemur is ultimately, if you can talk about something, you can use the platform. Yeah. So the markets and what you can do with it are almost limitless yeah. when it comes to spoken word. And uh, so when watching a show, I suggest that's a great idea. Well, you you you, you, you mentioned. You mentioned um, your Netflix show, the the latest the yes. latest one you've had a fix on, which I think is absolutely bats. Um, and I, I'm only on episode four at the moment. I tried to watch some of it last night, but I fell asleep. But uh, um, which is the what's it the Joe Exotic? Is it? It's the, the Joe Exotic, the Tiger King. And this is the real reason why I wanted to speak to you. I didn't want to talk to you about the <laughs> what makes me think. It's about the Tiger King, <laughs> which I know. Can you relate to him? Can you? The things to come out of, <laughs> of the corona pandemic 2020 is the change of the workplace, you know, bringing people closer together and uh, Joe Exotic and the Tiger King because it is one of the most fascinating, intriguing documentaries I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it's, it's like Game of Thrones with tigers instead of dragons. Oh my goodness. Really? Is that what you're it's, getting out of it? <laughs> I, I just think it's 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 just mad. Like if you're if you're like you're big into psychology of people, aren't you? Yeah. You know, as a study of psychology, if you were going they should be in a zoo themselves, the nation of people. If you were to study them in in their natural habitat, you know? <laughs> and it's you know, there is this, there's a serious side of it to they are, God love them, they're all very damaged people. You know, they are. They've, they've had shit that has gone in their lives um, previous and has affected their decisions. And ultimately, the negative stuff they that happened to them, they do it to other people. Um, but it is, in terms of, of a visual spectacle, it's, it is like driving down the M1 and you see a car crash. And he just has to look at it. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, you know? it shows how people are a product of their experiences, aren't they? Um, massively, like. Um, but uh, yeah, well, I, I'll finish it and I'll give a full review to you uh, uh, over Lemur in the coming days. <laughs> yeah, like that's one, that, that's, a, that's a perfect example of a great piece of social audio because I was, I, I said, right, I have to do something about this in Lemur. So I just did a quick... Uh, two three minute cast just about like I said to you there listen this madness it's it's incredible what do you guys think about it and you know I've had a huge engagement on that because people genuinely want to talk about yeah. it you know and keep their their thoughts and one of them Chris, Chris the Reverend he's a good friend of mine from Gloucester who uh, is a lemur user and he left a brilliant a brilliant reply about it just his perspective he's a very thoughtful very intelligent guy but then he left another comment. He says, Shane, 24 hours later, he left another voice comment. He says, I think the biggest mystery that comes out of this whole thing, whose voice was used to sing Joe Exotic's music? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. That's not him. Audio tune is uh, working on overload. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. And I was like, he, they're actually good songs, as cheesy as they are. I'm like, why am I liking this music? You know? 
But um, I think we just no, got an insight into into your music taste now as well. But listen, listen, uh, let, let, just let me ask you before we kind of um, wrap it up. Like if 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 you're looking at and I, I'm asking people this um, across the board because you you said like listen you listen to a lot of podcasts or you're watching movies and stuff. But if you had an opportunity to kind of pass on a bit of advice or gift gift something to somebody that has maybe inspired you in whatever way or has kind of been a a big kind of um, um, motivating factor for how you've developed into the the person you are. Like, what 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 are the kind of what kind of advice or what would you give somebody um, who is looking for a, a new direction? You know, um, there's 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 a, there's a few. I think one is one I mentioned is um, find yourself a goal. You know, definitely find yourself something that. Uh, you believe in, you know, uh, that you you can aspire to or achieve to, to do, and as well as having a goal, you know, you have to. It's like the old sayings; they're so true. You know, you know, um, find something you love because you'll never work a day in your life. Because I genuinely don't see this as work. It's kind of like when I was playing rugby. I'm kind of like, I'd be there. You train during the day and then you meet the lads for coffee after and you're kind of like I'm fucking getting excuse my language getting paid for this this is amazing or you're running around the stadium in front of 20,000 30,000 people and you get paid to do it and so lucky to do that and I am you know whatever the future may hold I don't regret a thing in what I've done to date and really this journey is only getting started for me um, and Lemur because I, I genuinely love and have a passion for it so find yourself a goal but it's a goal that you genuinely have a passion for. It's huge. Um, another thing I would say as well, um, you know, I need to give mention before we finish this, so I don't do it enough, but my parents in terms of influencing me and who I am, yes, my rugby career, without a doubt, but I wouldn't be who I am without my, my parents. Like, my mother was a nurse and, you know, her work ethic and everything that comes from that and her her her, her stubborn belief in, in anything that she, she she does believe in and morality and that side of stuff and then my dad his entrepreneurial journey you need to talk to him also some of the stuff he did back in the day incredible like you know going to Malaysia he started a, a track tracksuit brand back in the late 80s early 90s you know faxing designs at 3 o'clock in the morning to Malaysia you know going to Russia and almost getting killed by the mob and all this mad stuff a bit like uh, Tiger Tiger King um, no wonder you like that show so much. Yeah, but that. But the, the the last thing I think as well, which which ties into the the the, the team thing of being with the rugby, and a great phrase. Thanks, big shout out to, to Brian Rose um, and London Real who introduced me to this guy through his content. Is a fellow called Dan Pena, and he has a the billion dollar man, as he's or the fifty billion dollar man, he likes to call himself, you know. But he. Uh, has a great phrase he says show me your friends and i'll show you your future you know and if you surround yourself with negative toxic losers you're going to be a negative toxic loser yourself so but if you surround yourself with positive motivated people who believe in the same things you believe in um you will succeed it might necessarily be the path you want but you will succeed just in and touching on that then for you like success is, comes in so many different forms where where do you see success in your eyes or what do you think it is um, 
success, uh, you know, there's 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 two sides of the same coin there. Isn't it? Like for me, you know, with Lemur, I have a vision in my mind of where I want to take Lemur in terms of goals of the company, which you know are there for me. I'm not going to say them now out here. That comes down to numbers on the platform, interactions, all that side of stuff, as well as the financial side of it too. Um, for me, like financially being financially sound, it is a huge thing in regards to it's money doesn't bring happiness. Money brings the freedom and security to allow you to be happy, and that a big part of that is looking after yourself, but being able to look after your family and your friends, and you know, you know, like, uh, you know, paying off your mortgage and all that side of stuff. I think that gives you freedom to, uh, to, to, to do the other things that, um, cause if you look at it, what's the one thing that causes so much stress for people and problems and not being able to achieve what they want to achieve and their goals and ever is not being financially, uh, so as I said, it's not the money that makes people happy. It's the freedom that it gives them, you know? Um, but I think success, success, that's definitely part of it. But if you can do what you love, and get paid for it, and be financially sound and healthy as well. Of course, having the health, yeah, you know, that's why they're very. It's like to ask someone, "What's your favorite movie?" You know. Yeah, but I think you. I think I think you're what you're kind of touching on in summary is is like listen, money isn't everything, but it, it does help. No. And the fact of the matter is, is that while if you can choose to do something that you love, brilliant, because you'll never work a day in your life. But the most important thing out of it all is. Yes, money and all that stuff, but health has to be the foremost because after all that, then if you don't, if people aren't there for you to share it with, then <laughs> what's the point in having any of it? You know, so like it's that's really really interesting, and 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 I suppose for for anybody who's looking to join Lemur and to become part of the conspiracy, which is what what it is. Um, yeah. Uh, who would you yeah so there you go yeah but uh because you're gonna listen to some characters um who would be who would top of mind like top three to get involved in or two people or two or three people that you think listen join it try it out but join these people because you think they're 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 kind of interesting to listen to or whatever oh this is currently on name right now yeah yeah apart from yourself of course (laughs) what, what makes you tick um who, who are guys? Let me see. There's one guy who, who's who been on Lemur for a long time now. Um, you've interacted with him before. Omani blog. Paul Omani from, from Cork. And he's gas. Like, he's... He's... he's uh, one thing, he'll come back to you. If you leave him a voice comment, he'll come back to you. And that's, for, that's a fact. But um, there's a guy I, I think is fascinating as well. He's used a fella called Michael Zeitgeist. Uh, Zeitgeist isn't his real name he's an Austrian fella based in Canada I think he's in the education he's a lecturer of some kind and he's in communications um, I like I like communicating with him and these are and again these are just people I like conversing with you know with not necessarily listen to them they have amazing podcasts like the Jamie Carragher podcast is incredible if you're into a sport but from conversation and all that it's, it's fantastic um, uh, who else is, is very good Owen oh, oh, Lacey's on there as well who's, who's a, he's a, yeah. he's a top strength conditioning coach and fitness and puts out some uh, interesting content and obviously Mike Bisping um, when he gets up and running it's going to be amazing 
Uh, for the ladies as well, we've got a girl, Sarah Jane Dolan, just came. She's over brilliant. Board. She's amazing. She's brilliant. She like she she genuinely. I've sent a couple of pod and she's genuinely come back and said thanks, Millie. I think she's kind of excited about what where where this can take us. Exactly, yeah. and that and it's not that type of personality. You can hear it in her voice and the the passion and like she's genuinely like we had a, a brilliant call a meeting like this just talking about content and her vision what she'd like to do and she's got some amazing ideas and she wants to get her friends involved and. Like she, she, she's big into the personal training and fitness, but she's a she's a mother and she wants to help other women with post and uh, prenatal stuff, and genuinely help them. So like, there's those type, types of uh, uh, people like like that. You know, there's some people that I wouldn't necessarily listen to their casts, but I love talking with them. Yeah. And vice versa. You know, so yeah. it's, it's a hard to answer that because I follow and engage with almost everyone. You do. In fairness to you, fair, it's yeah. actually brilliant. It's brilliant to see. And so, listen, if people wanted to get in touch with you, uh, where would they go? What are the best handles? I'll put everything in the show notes anyway, but just to uh, hear them, what would be the best way to, to um, get in touch? 100% download Lemur and set up a profile because the minute you're on there, uh, we can follow and we can, we can start a conversation instantly, which is, which is what's really cool about it. Um, we have the traditional methods, you know, email, you can get me at shane.monaghan at lemur.ie. You can visit the website, www.lemur.ie. That's L-I-M-O-R.ie. Uh, you can download the app via the website as well. Google Play, App Store. Um, and, uh, you know, our, our social media, our traditional social media, as we call it now, the Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and uh, we have a medium as well. So we're everywhere. If you put in either social audio or lemur into google you'll find us brilliant brilliant well shane i i think for the start and to have you on board uh this podcast has been great and do you know i think it's it, your honesty has come through big time and i also think the fact of the matter is is that this is going to be a kind of an ongoing thing i, I have a feeling <laughs> for it you know i have a feeling like there's going to be so many things happening with lemur over the next while and I can't wait to see what the next uh, version is and how this current crop of, of conspiracy theorists <laughs> uh, pan out, you know. But I think what you're doing is great and uh, really wish you all the best. Yeah, we might want to explain that before we go because people often ask me that. This is, is it just full of conspiracies or what's the story, you know? Is it, no, it's like... So everyone who's listening, line. guys, <laughs> it's called... Our, our tagline is Lemur Join the Conspiracy. And uh, the reason for that is that I was creating this platform called Lemur and I was like, right, okay, we're going to have a group of people here together in this new platform and it's called Lemur. What are we going to call this group of people? So I said, well, what's, what's a group of lemurs in the wild called? And lo and behold, it's called a conspiracy of lemurs. So um, I was like, and that was about six months after I came up with the name. So it's serendipity, it's fate, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> it's marketing it just, gold. We always post rationalize whenever we come up with great ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Liam, we're joining conspiracy, and I'd love to hear from you. And of course, follow this man. What makes you tick? Uh, Stephen Bradshaw is putting out some amazing stuff, and you're you're really uh, growing into the whole podcast side of stuff you're enjoying it yourself anyway yeah i love it i love it and i love love getting different guests I've, I've i'm lucky that i have such a great group of friends from rugby which are all willing to get involved but 
what I also love is the fact that we're getting to talk to so many people from different walks of life, which I'm really, really interested in. And like this, the amount of people that we have now kind of coming down the line that we're going to be guests, um, it's going to hopefully spread the word big time and, and, and find out what kind of motivates people in, in, in other atmospheres and other avenues. But uh, yeah, so far so good, pal. Thanks a million for being a guest on it. Really, really enjoyed that chat. No, it's great. Sorry for going on so many different tangents. <laughs> ah, listen, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Now you've just made yeah. loads of work for me to edit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. All right, pal. See, you, know, you, you didn't mention Tiger, Tiger King. And, uh, what's, what's going on? <laughs> Good. Thanks a million, buddy. Okay. Cheers, Stephen. Talk to you. So there we go. Shane Monaghan, founder of Lemur and trailblazing way when it comes to social audio across the globe if you want to join shane on his journey you can join the conspiracy and head to his lemur app set up a profile and go from there and get engaged with so many different people that were mentioned in the podcast really interesting to talk to shane and to learn about his background about the um, setup that he had with rugby but also how he managed to transition that into uh, business and bring that thought process and that focus into his business and he is relentless he is determined and I've no doubt that Lima will be a great success he's a great guy he's an unbelievable connector of people and can't do enough for you and I think if anybody is interested in finding out more head to the show notes and drop Shane a follow a like or even get in touch with him if you have any further questions. And I hope you really enjoyed that because I really enjoyed uh, talking to Shane and to sit down and just find out what makes him tick because that's what this is all about. So if this is your first time listening, please subscribe to the What Makes You Tick podcast and leave us a review and let us know what you thought of this specific episode. Tag and share us on Instagram as well. All you need to do is visit whatmakesyoutick.net where you can leave a comment, you can send me an email or you can visit me on Instagram at whatmakesyoutickpod or again at Twitter at Stevie Brads.